afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, December the 17th, 2020. We have officially entered basically Christmas season at this point. It's been Christmas season for many people for two weeks now, but for me, I actually almost forgot that we were like basically a week away from the big day. Uh, it only really dawned on me like this morning. Or, or I, I shouldn't say this morning, because it wasn't the morning when I woke up, because Em and I are kind of on her back shift schedule right now. So, t- morning for us, afternoon for everyone else. But I woke up, I was like, oh shit, it's the 17th of December. <laughs> Christmas is coming! <laughs> yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, Technical Podcast, another great show lined up for you this week. Glad you could all join us, whether you're here on Twitch, watching us on YouTube, listening to us on iTunes, etc., etc. If you're new here, uh, as Mr. Black has brought over, I'm sure, at least three or four fresh faces from the land of GTA RP, welcome, uh, one and all. We talk about video games, we talk about movies and TV, we talk about... Twitch shit, because that's our life and has been for a decade or so. We talk about a little bit of everything, but before we do any of that, we uh, we ask the most important question of each and every week, and that is, Mr. Black, how was your week? It's It's been, a, it's been another week. <laughs> okay. It's been another week. Nothing has really changed all that much. Still super busy. The property is coming along uh, day by day. Went out and bought, like... I don't even know how many handles for doors yesterday. Um, it was to the point where my shopping cart was over full, overfilled with, with, uh, with door handles. I saw that tweet. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be real. I've been trying to come up with clever tweets every time you put out something with renovations. I've been pretty good so far. I, mm. was, I, I rattled my brain because it seems like an easy one. A, a shopping cart full of doorknobs. You'd think that you could come mm. up with an easy joke there. I just couldn't come up with anything clever. Yeah, I've heard people say stuff like, it looks like you got things handled, you know? <laughs> Damn it! How did I not... <laughs> that's like the easiest one! How did I yeah, not bro. think of that? Fuck! Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, they, they, there was there was a quite a few dad jokey ones that uh, that made me chuckle, that's for sure. So, <sighs> But anyway, I've just been doing that. We're get, obviously getting a snowstorm today, so I yes. didn't bother going over there. We are in the uh, midst of. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Another week. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've, my week hasn't been particularly thrilling either. I, I missed my neurology appointment. That was unfortunate. Uh, I had conflated another appointment that I had with a doctor in like, I had three letters come in from the NSHA and um, all like basically the same time. And I had like set up my calendar or whatever. And I, when I had set up my calendar, I conflated or I mixed up two dates. It was November, it was November 17th and December 14th, but I had flipped them. And so my appointment was on Monday and it's gone. Uh, And unfortunately getting in to see a neurologist is not exactly a, speedy process and so um we're my my gp and i are basically trying to kiss as much ass as humanly possible to not have me wait another like fucking six months to see the fucking neurologist again but uh otherwise uh i played as you saw you stopped in for uh momentarily um uh shady shared her library uh, with me because she and and many other people well I, I swear to God 
I, I cannot remember the last time somebody or so many people have wanted me to play a video game. Cyberpunk was that game, and I, I was adamant that I didn't really feel like playing it because it's a broken, you know, whatever the fuck. And it was more also <laughs> with the fact that I just didn't want to give them money because of how they how they played this whole release, especially with the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Like, there's just some, some really unsavory shit. And so I just didn't want to reward CD Projekt Red with another $90 or whatever the fuck it was going to be for me to play this game. But uh, Shady shared uh, her uh, her uh, library with me so I could give it a shot and at least check it out. And so I did that. And so I played some Cyberpunk and I'll be playing a little bit more of that as well. I might uh, I might even do a review if it strikes my fancy. But otherwise, that's pretty much been my week. Just streaming and sitting around waiting for Christmas at this point, which is quickly approaching. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm anxiously looking out my window all the time, looking at the snow. When is it going to hit hard right now where it's still kind of like just give or take flurries. It's a dusting. It's nice yeah. to look at right now. Um, I'm, I'm waiting <clears> for <throat> it to get less nice to look at, uh, outside. Uh, thankfully we have a snow blower as, as you, uh, purchased one as well. But even, th- even then you still hate to get out there and do the shit. It's just one of those things. Nobody likes to have to go shovel snow. Except for my uncle, he likes shoveling snow. He's weird. I I don't I don't mind shoveling snow as long as it's not a massive driveway. Like I don't mind going out and doing like a walkway, like kind of gets the blood going, gets mm. out, like I like the cold air, like it's the freshness of it. But when when it's when it's like three feet deep, and you're <laughs> when and you gotta like you gotta chunk it down before you can actually shovel it. No, that ain't it, dog. That ain't. That There's ain't something it. particularly depressing when it's so deep that when you carve it, you know that you can't put the shovel at the ground level. You have to go like yes. halfway up. Yes. And then you throw that, and that's like there's some there's energy expelled, and then you look down, and nothing has changed, and you're like, <laughs> and then you look up, and you see the rest of the driveway in front yep. of you, and you're like, oh god, that's yeah, yep. that's that's not good. I don't necessarily mind it so much. The one time, but if you get like back to back days where oh, you're yeah. just getting fucking pelted, you're and like it. the next day you put the same snow gear on and it's still wet from the day before, and you're like, "Fuck!" That's the worst part. Uh, which thankfully we haven't had a, a, a Christmas or Christmas a winter season like that in a few years, but we we did have a couple back to back several years ago that were just bad times. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen. If you're watching this on YouTube, or even if you're not, if you have a moment, these go up Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Go and subscribe, youtube.com slash TV. Hit the bell icon to get notified, and then like and comment on that video if you can within the first hour. If you're looking for a way to help the podcast out that doesn't involve money, which not, you know, not everyone has a lot of this year because, well, shit. Uh, then that's the, probably one of, one of the, other than just telling other people about the podcast, obviously, and hopefully getting them engaged with it, that's probably the number one way you can help us out, goes a long way. We see people all the time now commenting, coming here from Spotify, coming here from iTunes, uh, or whatever, coming here from Podcast Addict. We, uh, appreciate you guys and gals a lot for doing that. It means, uh, a lot to us. And now for some video game news, and by that, I mean Twitch news. um, Oh shit, did uh, I, did I, oh, my bad. I thought I forgot something. I'm just going to... All right, stream, you're going to see a starting soon screen for just a moment as I get Mr. Black his his notes. I thought I forgot something. 
Do that, and I'm going to... Perfect. Perfect. Uh, can I... Oh, here we go. There we go. Get that going there. Boom. And we're good to go. So, um... First things first, I always like to get this out of the way whenever it comes up in the news. Twitch news has rolled through, Mr. Black, is, and uh, I'm sure you saw this. I mean, there was, I, I should say Twitch news. Several pieces of Twitch news have rolled out uh, this week. Twitch was trending worldwide, I think, yesterday with 430 plus thousand tweets. Uh, for Yikes. various reasons. And when you see that, you, nor when Twitch is trending that big, it's usually not like a positive thing. It's usually, no. it's usually something has caught fire somewhere <laughs> and now everyone's talking about it. And that was the case again, unfortunately, this week for uh, a couple of different uh, reasons. But the, the, the chief reason was uh at first was because twitch decided to uh i guess well i don't even do you call this doubling or tripling down at this point on being the word the word police i guess is what you could call this uh if there was a team america uh theme song at this point this would be the place to have it for twitch um they uh they've decided and they did it on the, their their Twitch stream update thing that they do uh, what do they whatever they call it the community update or whatever the fuck they they do where they they sit down and they had the COO on and the community uh, head as well uh, on discussing these things and they dis they they got to a point where they were discussing the use of some words uh, in terms of the greater co like overarching topic of harassment on the platform. Uh, which were, was also a thing that popped up last week on the podcast. So the three new words that are now within con now, now in fairness to them, they're, they're saying that this is a case in, in, uh, somewhat vague terms, a case by case scenario where the context is supposed to matter to some degree where it's, um, these three words, virgin simp and incel um are I don't, i'm gonna be uh, i might i might actually sound stupid here okay all right and it's a little embarrassing and and here's the thing jeff we're boomers if you don't know what one of these words mean don't worry about it thank we're you old. uh i don't know what incel is i know what the other two are but i don't know what incel is all right so what is that incel is involuntary celibate it's a it's a shortened so conjunction. Like, so basically, like you're a virgin, you're a virgin, Again. but not by choice, oh. like in celibate, involuntary. So so basically, you you are you you are for whatever reason, you know, physical appearance, or you're just the most abrasive cunt in the world, and so nobody wants to sleep with you. You're an involuntary celibate. Okay. Okay. I haven't heard, I don't think I've heard that one thrown around very often. Um, not on Twitch. That's more of like a social media thing. In general. The, uh, incel was a really, really aggressively used word for like a lot of last year and okay. a lot of the early part of this year. Uh, I haven't seen it thrown around nearly as much. <clears throat> Simp kind of came up and overtook it, even though they're yeah. two like totally different concepts. You know, the internet. They don't, they don't like nuance. They just want, like, one word to fucking cover all their bases. So simp kind of, like, came in. So it's weird. So virgin got, like, as a, as, a, as a negative connotation, like, when you're, like, you're calling somebody a virgin, 
got replaced with, like, incel, because now that's even worse. It's like, not only are you a virgin, but even if you wanted to get laid, you can't. You mm. And then, and then simp, which is a totally different fucking concept, but it, it ended up in, eclipsing everything anyway and became, like, meme culture. What about uh, cuck? Like, I've heard cuck, like, so much. I, so yeah, un- unfortunately, one. I've got that in my own vocabulary now, and I don't even like it. Whenever I say it, I feel dirty, but, like, I, I can't, like, my brain just, like, spits it out sometimes yeah i don't know anyway so so they got rid of what they got they got rid of the ability to say that within context so that you're not you know harassing somebody or yeah like yeah if you're playing some games with you know with the boys call of duty and you're like you just you know know, you and somebody's talking about how i don't know they were watching um, Pokimane or some shit in their off time and make, and then one of the boys are like, oh, you fucking simp. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's a paddling. I think that comes into effect on the 22nd, they said? 21st, 22nd? Just in time for Christmas. No more Christmas simping. You're not allowed to be uh, claws this year. You've got you've to back off on that. And you know... I mean, this is silly for a number of reasons, but let's... Okay, so the first thing that I saw when this went up was mostly women saying this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in regards to stuff like simp. A lot of people have just taken it on. It's like a meme. It's a joke. Nobody really... If somebody calls somebody a simp, Mm. nobody's really taken that much offense to being called a simp. It's kind of like... Remember growing up, some of the stupid shit that some of like the 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 like what we call the harder individuals in high school would throw around as fucking terms, and like, you couldn't take the shit seriously. I had one of the fucking like you fucking muffin. Yes, that, ex- <laughs> that exact fucking word. You're a I, fucking muffin. You fucking. Do you remember you were with me that day? Yes. We were walking to subway, and one of the yes. guys that are part of like the gangs here that we grew up with, one of the few legitimate gangsters that we went to school with. And I was, we were walking to Subway and we're off school property and him and a couple of dudes were, I, I don't know if they were, they were probably smoking a fucking blunt or some shit off school property or something. I can't remember the specifics of what they were doing, but they were standing in the pathway and I literally just the briefest of glances in their direction as we're walking by, not like a weird elevator stare or some shit or like, uh, I'm, I'm, or, or, or staring them down or giving them a dirty eye. We're like walking to fucking Subway at lunchtime and this guy who no joke if he wasn't part of a gang is literally about four foot five, two hundred and five grams soaking wet. Looks at me and goes, the "Fuck you, looking at you, fucking muffin." And I and like <laughs> my my immediate, re- I had to check myself because I was like, I didn't want to laugh because then I'm just going to be causing shit. But my in- internally, I was like, "Am I supposed to take that seriously?" If you call me a muffin, am I supposed to feel threatened or feel like I'm a lesser human being because you called me a, a confectionery item? I don't understand what that means. And to this day, I still don't know what the fuck muffin is supposed to mean. Maybe it meant that well, I was like, supposed I, to be I, soft. It like, is. call it, me a marshmallow. It, exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's a thing like, you know, you're, you're like, you're a little, you're a little muffin. You're a little, you're soft. You're non-threatening. Fucking weird. Yeah. So Which anyway. again is odd because I literally tripled his size. Yeah. But you weren't hard. Adam. But it wasn't hard. You weren't hard. And you know the hardest place on earth, Jeff? Halifax, yeah. Nova Scotia. Gangsta. <laughs> the boroughs of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, uh, so, so anyway. 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 All that being said, 
this shit's all fucking weird to me. I like, I like, you know what's gonna happen? Everything else that happens, like when they did this in schools, for example, growing up, all the same. And I don't mean like that in situation, but when teachers or the school would ban certain things, all that happens is the words get replaced with other words. with other fucking words that yeah. are mean that mean the same thing. Yeah. And so ultimately, you just have to say, all right, look. You need to, you know what Twitch needs to do? Less time trying to play the police and more time leading by example and just creating a culture that in that that espouses the values they're hoping people do instead of trying to ram it down their throats with with policy. Because right now, Twitch is unfortunately going up against their own fuckery for so long, like the trihex emote being freely used as a clearly racial fucking thing for years where they stated very definitively that they did not feel that that was an issue and that they did not want to police that kind of shit. Um, and uh, the, the hordes of of harassment cases that just go like unanswered by female streamers sending in uh, whether they're partners or not, to Twitch uh, with evidence and stuff of legitimate, honest-to-God harassment and Twitch just going, sorry, but you know what Twitch does have time for, Jeff? Putting a lockdown on the words like simp, virgin, and incel. Damn it, that's going to solve all the problems right there. Uh, with or without context, this is silly to me. I mean, at that point, you don't need to like call these words out. You just, you, you've already said it, the other, they already said it the other week, you know, we're looking now at harassment on and off the platform on a case-by-case basis. It should be, to most people, relatively easily apparent what is and what is not harassment. Most of the cases being brought to them that are serious are come with very readily available information for this shit. But locking in on words like this is just friggin' weird to me. And I don't think it will be effective. I think it will, it will probably, if anything, they've just drawn attention to these words and they're probably just going to be fucking all over the place but people are just going to be like memeing the fuck out of this you know my thing was what are the two letters directly next to i on a keyboard u and o it's going to be sump and somp all over twitch chats everywhere can't say simp but i can say somp i'm somping pepe insert random pepe fucking emote so you know twitch going about their thing, doing their, their thing, and ain't going to accomplish anything. Uh, and once again, fuck. Um, next up, in more positive news for Twitch, they actually announced that the tools that everyone's been asking for for uh, nearly seven years now, uh, VOD, uh, VOD tools for managing said VODs are actually finally going to be rolling out here relatively soon. For things like unpublishing a VOD or batch unpublishing VODs so that they're not publicly visible or deleting or, or batch deleting or sorting by date or view count, uh, for example. Very, very complex, complicated things that have taken a very long time to roll in. But thankfully, and uh, they, have, they have gotten around to, uh, to doing it and we're going to have these tools available to us now and that's a good thing so shout outs to twitch for finally getting those tools in the hands of people um you know i gotta say i'm a big simp for uh, for the for those who are actually working on these tools and uh while i'm not necessarily a virgin some people would probably call me an incel 
Close but no cigar. In the 11th hour, Justice Take-Two is about to lock down their purchase of Codemasters. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't be eating this orange while I'm talking. I get it in front of me and I just, like, hab habitually eating this orange. Uh, EA swoop swooped in and offered $1.2 billion for Codemasters. <clears throat> and so Take-Two said, all right, you win. And now EA is going to be the one to take home the Codemasters prize. So Codemasters, if you don't know, one of the top racing game developers in, in the game. Uh, and I think we might have even talked about Take-Two putting in a bid on Codemasters at some point in the past. But, uh, but yeah, this was like the 11th hour EA came in and said, you know what? We need to do something for our portfolio. This makes sense. Let's make the magic happen. 1.2 bill on the table. And Codemaster said, yeah, that's a higher number. And so we are now interested in that higher number. And so here we are. And uh, that's, it was enough. The confirmation of that was enough to obviously raise the, the stock of Codemasters uh, quite substantially on the, uh, on the market. And, uh, and many people will probably be quite happy about that. Now, as for what that means for Codemaster games, I mean, uh, I'm sure it's not going to mean that much. Uh, you know, I think uh, everyone's initial reaction, of course, whenever EA gets their hands on any developer is rip that developer. Uh, but you know, let's, let's give EA a, a chance to prove that they aren't going to necessarily bomb this one from orbit, uh, before we get too crazy with it. It is a studio that fits into their portfolio well. Uh, and so hopefully they don't get too aggressive with just what they, uh, you know, are expecting. You know, these are games that already have multiplayer, so it's not like it's a developer, that does RPGs, and then EA comes in and says, all right, guys, we're going to need you to make multiplayer in this for no reason but to have multiplayer. You know, you're not going to have that happening. So I don't think you're going to see dramatic shifts in Codemaster quality. Um, I think it's just going to be a, a new home for them and a lot more money for uh, a few people at the top of the company. Mm. And that's all there is. CD Projekt Red, Mr. Black, Cyberpunk <laughs> News. Very hot. It's a very hot topic. As, uh, you know, 8 million people pre-ordered this game, and so lots of people are playing it right now. Lots of people have lots of opinions on their, uh, their experience with Cyberpunk thus far. CD Projekt Red officially released an apology about the, uh, the current state of Cyberpunk 2077. I've got that bad boy right here, and it's in the classic CD Projekt Red, we don't care if your retinas survive, we're going to put this on a super bright yellow background release. So I don't know why they keep doing this, but my eyes don't thank them for it, I can tell you that much. Um, here it is. It starts with, Dear Gamers. I like how they're addressing everyone as gamers. It's very nice of them. Dear Gamers. First of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last-gen consoles before it premiered, and, in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid, <laughs> that's, that was definitely probably their biggest misstep in this entire thing. Uh, and I call it a misstep, but it was a calculated step. It was not a misstep well, of at course. all. Uh, we should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Second, 
We will fix bugs and crashes and improve the overall experience. The first round of updates here uh, has just been released, and the next one is coming within the next seven days. Expect more, as we will update frequently whenever new improvements are ready. After the holidays, we'll continue working. We'll release two large patches starting with patch number one in January. This will be followed by patch number two in February, and together these should fix most of the prominent problems gamers are facing on last-gen consoles. We will be informing you about the contents of each patch ahead of their release. They won't make the game on last-gen's uh, on last-gen look like it's running on high-end spec PC or next-gen consoles, uh, but it will be closer to the experience than it is now. So before I read the rest of this, I, I just want to say that they I feel like they're framing a lot of this as in they think that people's problem with it with the older generation stuff is that it just doesn't look like it's running on a $5,000 computer. I don't, that, that's not, that's not generally what you're seeing people complain about. They're complaining about the fact that the game is barely playable, uh, is the issue. It's, I don't think anyone, I shouldn't say anyone, but there are very few people that are playing this on a base PlayStation 4 or a base Xbox one. That's like, man, this should look like I'm playing it on a brand new computer with an R with a GTX 3080 uh, or an RTX 3080 card uh, and a 5950X and just the juice to the gills. I don't think very many people are in that camp. Most people are just like I pay, I paid eighty dollars for this game. I just want to be able to play it and have it not be broken and take like four hours to load in textures and freeze and hang and be generally unplayable. Mm. Finally, we would like ev- uh, we would always like everyone who buys our games to be satisfied with their purchase. We would appreciate it if you would give us a chance, but if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want f- to wait for updates, you can opt to refund your copy. For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PlayStation Network or Xbox, respectively. For boxed versions, please first try to get a refund at the store where you bought the game. Should this not be possible, please contact us at help, uh, help me refund at cdprojectred.com and we will do our best to help you. Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December 21st of 2020. And then they go to list all the people that were there. <coughs> and PS, PS gamers will be getting regular updates and fixes improving the game. So it, another interesting point for me is in that last paragraph, they seem to be doubling, or not doubling, doubling down, they seem to be... I, not wanting to acknowledge that there are also a lot of people who are playing this on next-gen consoles and PC that are also not happy at all with the experience. They're locking in on the refund being basically specifically for base last-gen consoles. Um, There are lots of people that are on next-gen consoles and PC both that are also having myriad issues that are game-breaking or so affecting that it is no longer an an even remotely good experience for them because they're not running high-end equipment um which seems to be the only way to really play it right now is it need because it's so poorly coded it needs to be brute forced it's basically like remember back in the day where it was like can it run uh crisis uh the new thing will be can it run cyberpunk uh because back then it wasn't necessarily that crisis you know, after a while, it became it became obvious that it wasn't necessarily just because your system wasn't great; is the coding in the game was not fucking phenomenal. So, 
uh, you know, you'd throw like these multi-thousand dollar systems at crisis and it would still struggle. Uh, this is kind of what you're looking at right now as well. Um, how do you, how do you feel after hearing that you haven't played or paid for cyberpunk or whatever, but just as somebody on the outside, how do you feel about that apology? Does that feel genuine to you? Do you feel like they're trying to, ha you know, be good faith about it or, or does this strike you as, as something else? while I eat the piece of this orange. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just them saving face. Um, the game's a mess. I'm not saying that it's not a good game and that people can't find enjoy, find joy in it and have fun, but it's a mess. And all of this just solidifies the fact that the game was not ready to come out. And they just refuse to delay it again because they have already burned that bridge like four or five times. And they just could not, not only for the next generation consoles, which there was probably some sort of deal in place that they need to be out for those consoles at a certain time to sell consoles. And then on top of that, um, they just didn't want to burn another bridge. The game is not ready. If I was everybody in anybody's position right now, I would be getting everybody to play this game up till December 20, 20th or 21st and refund it, get your money back. Get your experience, get your money back, and be done with it. Either that or if you haven't bought it yet, do not buy it until like March. Yes. That's pretty much it. So to to try and flesh out a little bit more the the this whole situation, uh, a a script or not a script or a transcript of a conference call that was held just before the public apology that was po that we just went over uh was released and in it cd project red this comes from uh Nibel on twitter he broke this the where i got this information um had a conference call a few hours ago this is uh, his tweet uh, where they admit that they didn't spend enough time on last-gen versions of Cyberpunk 2077 and assume that Sony and Microsoft expected them to fix the problems before launch. So they admit that in the conference call. Further in that conference call, in regards to the refunds, CD Projekt Red makes it clear that they do not have a special agreement with Sony or Microsoft. Some people assumed that there was one because of the statement on Monday. And I assume what they mean there is talking about when they say you know, go to PlayStation Network or Xbox yeah. and request your refund as if they had already contacted Sony and Microsoft and set that channel up. Yep. And so what actually happened was players were going to Sony or whatever and Sony was going, what do you mean refund? And so um, furthering again what you were saying, the game wasn't ready. Wasn't ready. None of the none of this at, at no, nothing they've done up to this point has been anything but just there's a fire in the home. We don't have a fire extinguisher. Throw every fucking object at it and hope that one of those objects just so happens to put the fire out. That's all they're doing right now. They don't have anything really in place for any of this. So yeah. um yeah, I mean they sold their copies, they made their money, and now they're they're trying to save face. Um, some people are buying into it. A lot of people aren't buying into it. The reality is they sold everybody on a game 
that was supposed to be complete. Let us not forget that delay after delay after delay. What was it? If we went back and read every single delay, they all say we want to create a game that is complete. We want to create basically the perfect gaming experience, and we're going to put make sure that this game is ready. We do not want to release this game when there's bugs and it's just it's just not optimized the way it is. That was what they sold us on. And then it gets closer and closer, and then they realize we cannot do this again. There's just no way. I mean, people are going to, we're going to be memed the fuck. I mean, they're getting memed now, but I mean, they would be like a joke, like big time joke. Refunds would be had. They're making everybody look stupid. They're playing people along. You know, it's like, it's like that, um, it's like a, that, uh, you know, that, that girlfriend that is, you know, out there cheating on you and you're, and, and you're, and she's like, listen, baby, it was just, a, it was just, it was just a one-time thing. You know, I, I only, I only gave him a hand job. We didn't, you know, there wasn't even, there was no know, eye contact. Was, there was no eye contact. I just gave him a hand job. That was it. He didn't even, he didn't even finish, you know? And then, and then as the person that you love them so much, you're like, you know what? I'm really upset. It's okay, baby. It's okay, baby. It's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can, baby, baby, I'm telling you, it was just a hand job. It was nothing. I don't even like him. It's not even like that. It's not you're like, okay, you know what? Fine, fine, fine. I, I, I forgive you. I forgive you. And then what? Relationship goes well for a few weeks. Anniversary's coming up. And she goes, oh, you know what? I'm really, really, I got too much schoolwork going on right now. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make the anniversary, but I promise you, we will next Saturday, you know, I'm I'm freeing up some time, man. The studies are crazy. I've got a full workload. I'm, I'm trying to cram all these credits in here so I can spend so much more time with you, and I yeah, don't have she's to take got any courses in the summer. Workload, and she's, she's cramming, workload, cramming every. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't do it. So you're like, okay, you know, okay, fine, 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 fine. You don't even get a text during your anniversary. You don't get a phone call. Nothing. So you go down. You knock on the door. What's going on? You open it up. Now she's sucking dude off. Oh, what and there's eye contact. What are you doing? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? I thought you loved me. I thought you had schoolwork to do. Huh? <laughs> what, what, what's happening here? I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry, baby. He didn't even, it wasn't even, there was no he penetration. He was just tutoring was just, me. Yeah, it was just, you know, one thing led to another. You know, one thing led to another. I, I'm so sorry. I love you. I love you. Are we still on for Saturday night? No, we're not on still for Saturday night. Are you kidding me? Oh, but I'm paying, and I love you. All right, fine. Next Saturday. <laughs> Next Saturday comes. Call her up. Hey, baby, it's 6 o'clock. I'll be there to pick you up. No answer. What's going on? She can't be doing this to me again. Drive over there. It's Some an guy's orgy. Balls deep. Some guy's balls deep. Just the nuts hanging out. And you walk in. And then you realize... She was duping you the whole time. Mm. She was playing you. Mm. She sold you on the vision of this beautiful relationship and experience that y'all going to have together. And the reality is she was busy fucking around on the other side and only in it for herself. That's what's happening here. That's you know, what happened. You know what? If you, if you read the Twitter comments and everything else about from fans of CD Projekt Red, they're still in the state of, okay, baby. It's all let's right. Keep, hey, let's keep this going. It's all right. That, People make mistakes. It's all right. Hey, that, that, that's, that's what this is right here. Listen, listen, listen. I know you thought when we got back together, we were actually going to be a couple. 
and we were we were gonna we were gonna be faithful to each other and see each other and tell each other how our days was but you know what i should have paid more attention to you and not this other person i'm fucking and that is my bad you know i know that this new person here is new and shinier Mm. and you're like an old model Mm. but like i gotta i gotta start putting more effort into you because you know you're you and just know that i love you and i'm gonna work on this over the next couple of months i'm gonna I'm going to work on me. I'm going to see a shrink. I'm, 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 I joined a seven, 12 step program. I'm, I'm, I've got a problem. <laughs> I got a problem <laughs> and I, I need you to be there for me right now, please. And then you've got a bunch of these cyberpunk fanboys going, you know what? I'm going to help you get through this. I'm going to pay for your I therapy. You. <laughs> I love you. But then you got the smart ones that are, that are in the background going, bitch. That ain't it. I want my refund. But before I get my refund, I'm going to play the fuck out of you. (laughs) I'm going to play the fuck out of you and make fun of you while I'm doing it. And I'm going to get my experience. And then I'm going to dump you. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to get all my money back. I may not get my time back from a shitty experience, but I sure as fuck am going to get my money back. Fuck you. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So that's, that's where we're at. I mean, it's just, it was, it was, yeah. Uh, like I, it, it's, it's definitely, I know I, I shouldn't be surprised with people now, but it is a little bit shocking to me that even after all of this information comes out and before that it was discovered that they were, that they didn't allow reviewers to have console copies to do reviews on and it was discovered that they didn't allow reviewers to take their own video footage and had to use vo- footage that was provided by CD Projekt Red so that the, the bugs and shit couldn't be shown. Uh, after all of that shit, and all of this, and there are still people whose general response is, sounds like you just can't afford a PC. Mm. <laughs> Motherfucker, come on, bro. Get what... Get, Get the dick out your out your mouth. You're gonna lose your taste. Everything's just gonna taste like cock. Just stop for five seconds. Give yourself a break, would you? Put something else in there. I don't know, sucker or something. Um. Also, because CD Projekt Red really going out of their way to uh, to shatter as much goodwill as humanly possible uh, in this month. CD Projekt Red, who owns GOG, Good Old Games. Uh, the uh, platform, uh, like similar to like Steam. The same day that it was announced, Taiwan's uh, to be released on GOG, uh, Taiwan's Red Candle Games horror game Devotion. Uh, immediately or not long after, went to uh, Twitter again and said that unfortunately it was removed from Good Old Games, in like hours apart. The announcement and the takedown hours apart. <clears throat> this game was previously removed from Steam earlier, as it was discovered. The game had a reference to China's president, uh, and you know Winnie the Pooh in the same sentence, kind of thing. Uh, and as we all know, that's like that's the death sentence right there. If you mention uh, him and Winnie the Pooh in the same sentence, your entire company will be blacklisted for the rest of time because he has an ego as. Uh, 
as thin as some of the condoms I know guys try to get away with. <laughs> um, and immediately on Steam, after that was discovered, of course, on Steam, it got review bombed by Chinese players. I'm going to put that in hard quotation marks. I'm going to go with bot farm on that one. Uh, all the same, Steam then had apparently, to their uh, you know, to their knowledge, no other choice but to remove the game from the platform. Uh, GOG said that they were still going to release it. The day comes, and it's gone because they received quote unquote complaints, many too many messages from, and this is the gamers, which is their favorite. Uh, CD Projekt Red's favorite term this week is gamers, uh, and, and that was the hardest quotation marks because I can tell you right now. They didn't get anything but probably regulatory bodies from China contact them and said, hey, you want to operate in this country? Guess what? That game? Gonna have to go. It's gonna have to be gone. And they said, okay. Because when China says, suck my dick, companies currently say, how deep? It's pretty much how it goes right now. There's, there, it doesn't matter what. The one it is is just yes, yes, sir. How many? How deep? That's pretty much how it goes. And so a lot of people were hoping that GOG would be like the last bastion to not do that. Unfortunately, they're also asking the question, how deep? And right now they're taking it pretty deep. So uh, that game is no longer going to be available on GOG. I don't even know where you get it at this point. I don't know if they have physical copies of it or whatnot. Apparently, it's a pretty good horror game. So unfortunate, all the same. Uh, not shocking that a Taiwanese company would sneak in a reference to the Chinese president, um, in that regard, because, uh, well, China is asshole, as the uh, meme goes, uh, and, uh, has been politically trying to swallow up Taiwan for God knows how fucking long now. So, uh, yeah, and it's gone, which of course immediately resulted in everyone looking at CD Projekt Red going, really, bro? Seriously? You're going to fuck us with cyberpunk, and you're going to suck some Chinese, you know, political penis in the same week? Can you at least spread that out a little bit? We're still trying to love you. You're making it difficult right now. For God's sake. Uh, next up. Oh, this is speaking of, pol- of politics. Amateur politician and man voted most likely to just be a vacuum cleaner salesman with parents that are a little too into alliteration. North Carolina Senator Tom Tillis is attempting to sneak in a modification to a a DMCA law that would see people who get strikes possibly face felony charges and actual jail time. This is trying to be uh, snuck in with a... uh, uh, with another... you know, it's the classic thing that they do uh, like everywhere. They, They have like a big bill of something else that's, like, tangentially related, uh, and then they want to sneak in some really insidious shit that they know would never pass on its own, so they kind of, like, try and cram it in to another bill to get it put through. And, uh, and so, uh, Mr. Tillis, who has taken $100,000 in total lifetime, apparently, from, at least on paper, no, what's known money, from the RIAA and other regulatory music, uh, bodies, uh, so he's not even, he's not even an expensive fucking... Uh, you know, he's not even an expensive whore. He's just, he's a cheap whore. Like $5 reach around, real quick, glory hole type shit. That's, that's what Tom Tillis is as a politician. 
You give him $5 and a slap on the ass, and he will go out and, and do anything you want him to do, including try and get this kind of shit put in place. The absolute lunacy of the music industry uh, is beyond comprehension for me. The fact that, that they are, are actually trying to work it in for somebody to serve real and honest jail time and have a felony charge put on their record because they might have had uh, something appear in the background of a video at some point that was licensed music that wasn't part of the content specifically but appeared there anyway is insane. It's actually insane. Uh, can you imagine? Like, uh, like think of the millions of cases. Like, I don't even know how they police this. Think of the millions of cases of that that would go through. And then, like... Uh, how do you even police that? And on top of that, this is the most American-ass solution ever. Minor fucking thing that means nothing, really and truly. Let's put as many people in our privatized jails as possible. Let's cram the jails full of as many people as humanly possible. For shit that doesn't fucking matter. Can you imagine if the RIAA and regulatory bodies for music put as much energy into helping battle actual crime... As they did trying to put somebody in jail for listening to a music track that pops up on a radio station in another piece of content or in the area. They're doing a vlog walking down the street downtown. Somebody's a restaurant outside's got like a, a fucking uh, speaker system playing a radio station and the shit pops up on the blog in the background audio and jail. Can you fucking imagine that shit? How, how fucking, how ridiculous is that? Because you know their goal isn't like, oh, we're just going to jail people that like try and set up radio station type content where they're sitting down playing endless licensed tracks over and over again as their main form of content. No, they, if that was the case, they wouldn't be as hard nosed about all the shit we've been seeing pop up on Twitch and YouTube in the last six to nine months. These guys are literally want to fucking jail people for the most asinine shit. What are you in jail for, bud? Oh, I murdered a motherfucker. What about you? I accidentally had Tupac's song show up for five seconds the other day on one of my streams, and now I'm here. And it's a felony charge on your record. You're a felon. Now if you're trying to get work, you have a felony charge on your record. So if you're trying to get a job somewhere, and, they, and they're looking at that shit, and they see that, and they're just not, they're not looking at the, the specifics of your charge. They're just looking at you have felony charges on you. Now your, 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 now your employment life is even more difficult. And for what, to what end? Like what, to what end? It ain't going to happen, bro. It's not even, not even no getting worked up about. It's not going to happen. Dude, it's just trying to make a stand, trying to get so over the top that like they get something else like super lower put in there it's just all fucking political bullshit don't even let it don't even let it waste your breath there ain't a chance in fucking hell this would go through ever it just it just it's fucking well we're gonna find i well i don't think it's gonna go through either but it but i do i will say this i am it's not that i think about this on a daily basis but whenever the shit comes up similar to like internet law in general um it's just so tiring. I'm just so tired of old white men that have no idea what digital anything is or the internet trying to come up with ways to 
keep this shit locked up in their in their coffers for like the next 10 years that they're even alive before diabetes takes them um diabetes. you know uh, it, it's just so tiring I, you, you just don't want to hear about it anymore it's like there's so many like the the order of things on a list that that government should even be fielding as things to tackle right now is so deep that that the RIAA's complaints about some music showing up somewhere where they think it isn't it shouldn't even be talked about. I'm just going to be fucking real. Uh, it's nuts. Uh, I think it's plenty enough that platforms where it happens, if it's severe enough, the person is permanently banned from the platform. What else do you want? And that's that's why it's it's so silly to me. But anyway, uh, Tom Tillis, uh, I just want to say, look, bro, if you're gonna if you're gonna suck that much dick, unless you really like it, at least charge more money for it. You know, get something out of it. I mean, there are people lobbying for companies in Congress, that are making millions of dollars. Take a note from their book. If you're going to do this shit, at least get paid. For fuck's sake. Two grand at a time? You serious? I'll pay you five grand to shut the fuck up. If you're that cheap, double. Easy. Uh, The Game Awards, Jeff, they happened. Literally... The same night that we did our podcast last week, because everything happens on Thursday, so they happened right after our podcast. So we got some highlights here. Uh, honestly, my overall thoughts, did you catch any of that, uh, of the Game Awards? Nah, I don't. So, the, um, from a presentation standpoint, I gotta say, I was blown away with how well they managed all of this, given the, the Rona situation. I mean, I didn't expect it to even be remotely um, coherent, and they managed to put on a show that, if I'm going to be honest, was better than last year's show. So, uh, Jeff Keighley and crew really pulled off uh, a big winner this year for sure. Uh, and unlike last year as well, the vast majority of the awards that went out, for me personally, I felt like they were appropriately awarded to the people that, that, or the games that, that likely should have taken it down with few exceptions. They seem to do a pretty good job of it. So we'll just go over a couple of the highlights of some of these awards here. Uh, but, uh, otherwise you can check all that stuff out. If you don't already know, everyone knows of course that the last of us part two, one game of the year. Um, and, uh, that's, that was uh, the most hotly can, you know, debate always is the most hotly debated, uh, winner, with few exceptions. There's only been a couple of uh, publications to ever not get hotly contested uh, over their choice. But uh, it went up, it was going up against Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and Animal Crossing, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizon. That's not a really deep list. You can basically write off Doom Eternal, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, and Animal Crossing right off the rip, and the top three would have been Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Um, Ghost of Tsushima would have been the, the one that was really, it was battling with because Hades was a small, you know, super giant games is a small developer still. And you so rarely see small developers take game of the year, um, from major awards like this. It's just uncommon. They could make the greatest game ever crafted. And if the team is not like, if it's not a major AAA release, it just doesn't, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like the Oscars, right? Where you already know going in what movies are likely going to win. Uh, or, or what's even going to get nominated. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's very like a, uh, I don't want to call it political, but it's, it's kind of, 
Uh, and so Last of Us Part Two takes it um, uh, for Game of the Year. Best Direction, I believe, also went to The Last of Us Part Two. This one actually might have gotten the more heat than the Game of the Year because uh, they got so much heat for the crunch. We talked about it on the podcast, how much crunch Naughty Dog went through to try and get The Last of Us uh, Part Two out. And so people were wondering, you know, how do you win Best Direction when you basically are borderline lawsuit-laden over the crunch that you had your employees going through uh, in that same, or for that same game. Uh, So that raised some questions for people. Uh, Best Art Direction went to Ghost of Tsushima. That was a a good choice. Best Score and Music went to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, Of those listed, that seemed like it was was a pretty logical choice. Uh, best performance from a voice actor or actress went to Laura Bailey, uh, who played Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. I thought that was also a good choice. Laura Bailey does a, a great job uh, there. Uh, best indie game went to Hades. Thank fucking God it won at least that. Uh, Among Us won best mobile game, which I, th- I found weird. Among Us won, won best mobile game, and I think it also won, it won another category as well. Um, that I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but it was weird. It certainly raised some questions because Among Us is technically from 2018, and it it's only being talked about because Twitch blew it up in like the last two calendar months, and so like uh, the Among Us two, I don't even remember if it was slated to release this year. So it's an odd choice. Yes, it's it's so big that it would almost be weird to not talk about it. But it it starts to it starts to like uh, you start to raise questions about like all right, well, if Among Us from 2018 wins, does that mean that like uh, remakes and remasters of games that come out do they go Game of the Year or other games that uh, that just get popular, you know, because of the nature of Twitch and content creation, do they just get on the list even if they're older games? Um, and it kind of, uh, changes it up. I personally don't really have that, I don't really have a big problem with it, um, because one of the things about choosing a game of the year should absolutely be what was the impact on the games industry in general, and it's undeniable that Among Us, even more so than Fall Guys, hit, like, a cultural fucking note where, I, I mean, how many people just say, you know, insert thing is sus, that, that became a thing, like, over now, now it's just, that's everywhere. It's a fucking, it's, it's part of the vernacular in the gaming sphere, and this, again, only really happened in, like, the last two months. I mean, the, the trajectory for Among Us is wild. So, you want it to be talked about in that regard, but it definitely raises, raises some interesting points for what uh, Game of the Year award type stuff is. Best VR went to Half-Life Alex. that's no surprise, that's, how are you going to compete with that? That game was the first real and honest-to-God action game in VR that looked like VR was viable and, like, is a good thing <laughs> for, for gaming. Um, uh, best action game went to Hades. Best role-playing game went to Final Fantasy VII Remake. That was fucking weird to me. Persona 5 Royal um, or Yakuza were both better choices that was a really weird fucking choice that was a an odd one for sure other than that um the only other thing that i'll say that was weird we not weird but like disappointing for me in terms of the the uh awards and i kind of get it but i i I wish it was different 
is that they lump together sim ga simulation games and strategy games into one category. And those are very different genres, right? Like Microsoft Flight Simulator is a far fucking cry from Crusader Kings 3. <laughs> like that's though you can't really get a hell of a lot more different than those two games or XCOM or Gears Tactics or Desperados 3. Those were the other games on on this list for best sim and strategy game. And Microsoft Flight Simulator took the 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 victory there, but I understand that those two genres don't necessarily tend to have a lot of releases in a calendar year, and so they, I guess, they want to group it together to because the list is so short anyway. But I would rather have two separate lists of two games in each list that represented those specific genres because they are wildly different. This isn't like sports and racing titles where you could almost merge those together into one sports category. Sim and strategy is a fucking like wildly different thing. So that was a bit uh, a bit odd uh, and was definitely talked about as well. Oh, best multiplayer is what uh, Among Us won uh, this year. Uh, and otherwise, that's kind of the highlights. Um, they had, you know, a lot of other things like best esports host. I went to Shocks, um, the usual stuff that they do. I like that they do that stuff. It sets them apart from other uh, publications that just focus on just games and not necessarily the gaming community. Uh, and they also had like an almost like a, a Forbes 30 under kind of thing where it was like future um what do they call it future i can't remember what they call it anyway but they're looking at like up and coming people in the industry from various categories that was kind of cool similar to what forbes would do with a a 30 under 30 list um which was nice overall it was very very well done they had musical performances from the london philharmonic um, and that was, uh, incredible when we, and it was from the Abbey Road studio, uh, as well. So that was super, uh, super nice to watch. And, and they, uh, they did a great job and it was just, you know, despite all the circumstances, I was very impressed. It was a good show, uh, all around. I mean, I don't know how they pulled it off with the current circumstances, but they did. And, uh, and I got to give, I got to give credit where credit's due. Jeff Keeley and the crew doing a, a, a banger job. Now, for stuff that you can actually talk about, because I can throw some stuff your way, some of these announcements that were made, because it's not just the Game Awards aren't just about sending out games for awards. They also have a lot of announcements. It's almost like a mini E3 um, that gets uh, tossed in. So some of the announcements that were made were, for example, the new Smash Ultimate player, Sephiroth, coming out. So, so Cloud and Sephiroth matchups now possible in... Smash Bros. Ultimate, and I got I have it here in my notes, and I'm I didn't I'm, I'm not surprised he's not already there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. When they announced Cloud, you know, I think people thought, okay, that's going to be the representative from Final Fantasy, like that's going to be like that's going to be their their guy. Uh, but you know, uh, at the same token, how many characters from Fire Emblem are in are in Smash Ultimate? So uh, it's not surprising that they went that route, but um. The trailer, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but I, uh, you can watch it if you want in your own, own time. We don't need to watch it here on the podcast. I have it listed there for you. I have to be, I have to be honest with you. Having played and beaten Final Fantasy VII Remake, their handling of Sephiroth here and their, the trailer here, even though it's in the confines of a fucking Smash Ultimate character reveal, I have it in my notes. And this is the same words I used on, on a tweet and during my live stream of, uh, of the event uh, as well. I said, in all honesty, this trailer was more authentic 
and I, what I mean by that, authentic to the source material being Final Fantasy VII, more authentic and engaging than the entirety of Final Fantasy VII Remake. I got, I got more excited, like, I got the feels and the, and the, and the, and the kind of, like, gut lift feeling watching this than I did playing the entirety of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um... And that was, that was both, for one, all I could say is that's really impressive for the team that put that trailer together to, like, to pull that off as a Smash Ultimate reveal. And two, it's, um, uh, it's also just indicative of, in my opinion, Final Fantasy VII Remake just not being a, a, a great, um, uh, a, a great job of paying homage to, uh, who, what many people consider the greatest Japanese RPG of all time. So... Either way, if you haven't seen that trailer for it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, go and check that out. It's on YouTube, of course. Uh, highly recommend it. Really well done. Some clever stuff in there that I don't want to spoil. Uh, kind of cute. Uh, little little things they, they put in there. But yeah, very well done there. Uh, also, the initiative, which we talked about on the podcast a while back, uh, was that studio that Microsoft set up back when everyone was talking about quadruple A game. Not just triple, mm. but quadruple game. Quadruple A studio. Project. I want to know when the quintuple is coming, Jeff. The five A game studios. But the initiative—it's kind of the initiative—is kind of like the the Microsoft cherry picked A team. Uh, mm. No pun intended. Uh, of uh, or the quadruple A team, I guess, as it were, to to make first party games and. Everyone was wondering what the first game the studio would be tackling for the, the next-gen consoles for, for Xbox. There were rumors about them, and one of those rumors actually turned out to be true. So it was a teaser trailer that didn't seem like anything that you could recognize up front. I was, like, making guesses while I was watching. I was like, what is this? And then it pans up uh, this building. It pans up this building, and the Datadyne logo is at the top of the building. I went, wait a minute, that logo is fucking familiar. I said, is this a perfect fucking dark game? Or mm-hmm. are they just trolling me? And then, lo and behold, it's a new perfect dark game. So the initiative is making a new perfect dark game. Uh, that's exciting because the last perfect dark was bad, and we needed a... We, I, I think that a perfect dark game done well is going to do very well for Microsoft. I mean, Perfect Dark is one of the most loved franchises that Rare ever did. Uh, and um, from a shooter perspective, had, you know, great story, uh, you know, great characters, and uh, a lot of people have a lot of love for Perfect Dark. So um, having their quadruple A in quotation marks, cherry-picked the initiative. If they fuck it up, then just forget about Perfect Dark for the rest of time. <laughs> That's it. This is this is going to be Perfect Dark show. It's either going to be the greatest thing ever, or it's going to be just the, 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 the proof that maybe we didn't need Perfect Dark after all. Uh, but yeah, that's the initiatives game that they're, they're working on, and they have a teaser trailer for it if you want to check it out. Also, a teaser came out for uh, to confirm that indeed a new Mass Effect game is in development. So as we already discussed about the the trilogy, the original trilogy, is remastered and coming. And as also expected then, with that, you want to piggyback that news with a new game being announced, and here it is. So it is being worked on, and it looked like Liara uh, was in that trailer. I'm not 100% about that, but that looked like her, sort of, to me anyway. And so it could be that it is 
I don't know if we know more about it yet or not, but it could be that this is in the same timeline as the Commander Shepard timeline. Um, I don't know if it's in the same timeline as Andromeda or not. Uh, that uh, Liara is not that old. I don't. I mean, I can't remember the timelines exactly. But anyway, um, exciting for for Mass Effect fans in that you know, uh, like we mentioned on the podcast though, many many months ago. They they get like one more after Andromeda and and Bioware in general, they really get one more shot at this right before people just kind of say you know what we'll keep our nostalgic feels for the first three games and that will be that. Um, in the same vein, New Dragon Age as well, which we all knew was inevitably going to be coming, got a teaser trailer that looked great um, and. Also, I feel like Dragon Age is in a similar boat. It's, you know, you need to nail that one. Um, those are your two flagships. That's Bioware. That's Bioware bringing out all of their guns at the same time, right? That's Bioware that's kind of right now on the back foot. You know, they've got, uh, 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 what was that? What's that fucking, what's that Destiny game again? Um, <clears throat> oh my god, my brain. The game that they're redoing. Like, they pulled off, like, they, 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 like, basically took it off the market and they're redoing it. What was it called again? I have no idea. It's basically Destiny. Anthem. I knew it started with an A. Anthem. So, like, they're in the midst of that, um, and now they're announcing that they're doing games for their two most flagship titles. Um, they haven't had good news out of that developer in an age. And so... This is them going all in, uh, and it's either going to work or it's going to be it's going to be <laughs> the end of Bioware as far as I'm uh, as far as I'm concerned. I don't. Did you ever end up playing Mass Effect? I can't remember if you did because I lent I, you. I, I did. You let me borrow your copy like years. Oh, and years that was ago. a long time ago. And uh, I probably played like two or three hours of it. Mm. Um, you also like let me borrow Fallout, um, thirteen. All right, Fall. Or, sorry, um, fall. Yeah, it was Fallout. Fallout three. Oh, Fallout three. Was it Fallout three that I played? Xbox. You you played Fallout three, but I didn't give it to you. So you you got that from some of the. Oh, okay, else. maybe maybe yeah yeah. I but don't you, remember. You did, but yeah, you, you did, let me you borrow. Yeah, you let me borrow Mass Effect. I ended up playing Fallout instead. Yeah, I played a few hours of Mass Effect, and I just for whatever reason wasn't playing much. I think around the time there was a Call of Duty that came out, so I was like, Oh yeah focused on that so but yeah. yeah yeah it's um it's hard it's hard now because it's one of those games that if you go back and play it like if you were trying to if you were trying to say to somebody you know that mass effect is arguably one of the greatest sci-fi franchises of all time in gaming and you go okay that's a big statement i need to go and check this out two and three didn't age all that poorly one aged like fucking milk it's uh, from a gameplay perspective. You know, the story and everything is is arguably the best of the franchise, but the gameplay is just fucking terrible. And mm. uh, and so it's gotten to that kind of awkward age where you want somebody to be able to experience it the way that you did when the games first came out and to get it in that environment where it was so good and all, and everyone was hyped for Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and except for the ending of 3, where they had to, they patched it and shit, 
Pretty much mm. everyone was fully behind all three games, which almost never happens in a trilogy. You never get people so universally behind a fucking franchise for three three straight games and have it be critically well accepted and fans be, are loving it and everything. And then they go and release Andromeda and you went, fuck, what? <laughs> How do you drop off a cliff so hard? And so it's, I think that a lot of people are going to be really hoping that despite the fact that almost nobody that was there for these original game developments are still at Bioware, that somehow there's enough people there with a passion for, for Mass Effect to turn out something that people can really get excited for again because the, the writing and the lore for those games from a science fiction standpoint, really quite exceptional. Uh, and, uh, and for as far as character interactions and development, Bioware is still kind of the top of that list. I, I personally still don't think anyone's top them. You know, if you go back and play Knights of the Old Republic, you go back and play Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3, you know, the, the character development and interactions that you have with them, or Dragon Age. You play the Dragon Age games. Nobody quite does those interactions as well as they do. Everyone mimics them, but they have, nobody's really gotten to where Bioware did, especially in their, in their kind of golden era. So um, I'm really hoping for both of those to go well, uh, for sure. Um, next up, uh, in that list as well, just as a meme, um, oh, actually I'm skipping ahead here, but there's, <laughs> Master Chief is in Fortnite, Joe. Great. And they had Master Chief flossing. So, Great. uh, if, if Halo wasn't already a joke. It is now. Now it's quite literally a joke. You have the Master Chief in Fortnite flossing. Kill me. That's horrible. Master Chief made it into Fortnite before he made it into his next big game. Which tells you that this was really supposed to happen after the launch of Infinite, obviously. But mm. now that Infinite is delayed and it's coming to Fortnite, it's just... Oh, God, that's bad. Um, perhaps the most surprising thing of this entire event, award or otherwise, Mr. Black. Vin fucking Diesel... And his mug showed up in a game in a tra- And as soon as the trailer started and Vin Diesel's face comes on screen, I was like, who? I was like, call me crazy, but I'm pretty sure that's fucking Vin Diesel. And mm. it was, it was Vin Diesel. And nobody could quite figure out what the game was uh, at first. People were like, is this like a horizon thing? Cause it was like kind of tribal and shit. And then there were dinosaurs fucking showed up and everything. And eventually it turns out that it's the sequel to Ark. You know, that, that, um, Yep. That game, the survival yep. game that everyone plays, that, that, that's kind of like Rust or whatever, that genre. And uh, so Ark 2. And Vin Diesel is like the lead fucking character in Ark 2. And then, oh, now we already know that Vin Diesel is a gamer. He's, he's big into games. But he's apparently got over a thousand hours in the original Ark. So he was a fan of Ark going into this bad boy. And now he's part of it as a main character. Now, that would have been surprising enough on its own. Not surprising that Ark 2 is coming. Uh, that's going to make lots of money. But to give you an idea of just how much money Ark 1 made, uh, everyone was like, I, even, I made the joke. I was like, all right, Cyberpunk went out and spent money on, on, uh, on uh, Keanu Reeves. And Ark was like, all right, well, we can't do Keanu Reeves, but let's get Vin Diesel. And so they grabbed Vin Diesel. And I was kind of making a joke about it. And then, after that teaser trailer pops... They got another trailer come out, and it was an animation. It was cartoon animation. And I was like, okay, so it's an arc animation. And 
I was like, all right, this looks pretty good. It's, it's green lit for two seasons, 14 episodes pop. And then they show the list of, at the very end of voiceover work, the voice actors that are going to be working on this fucking, this, this, this animation for ARC. And I went, I went, I went from memeing about how they grabbed Vin Diesel instead of Keanu Reeves to, holy shit, ARC made a lot of money. All right, so here's the list of people working on the ARC animated series as voiceover talent. Michelle Yeoh, Russell Crowe, Alan Tudyk, David Tennant, Elliot Page, Jeffrey Wright, and of course Vin Diesel. They've got, they've got fucking big ass relevant names, Hollywood motherfuckers. Showing probably up. pretty, you know what though? It's probably pretty cheap to get them at this time. You know, they ain't working. They can be in a studio and just do some voiceover work. It probably wasn't as expensive as what you think. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it can't be that cheap. That's quite a list. I mean, come on. That's quite a fucking list of people. It can't be that cheap. I mean, you, you look at the, the, the credits for the people that are on this list. Is You know, you're not going to get them for like $25,000 to show up and do a voiceover. You know, it's going to be pretty expensive. But all the same, I was surprised to see that list of names. That was not... I was already surprised to see Vin Diesel. Mm. And then, and then like, David Tennant and Russell Crowe and Elliot Page and, and, and show up on the list. And I'm like, well, okay, sure. So now I suddenly care about an ARC 2 uh, animated series to see just how well it turns out. Because if you throw that much money and talent at it, you better hope it turns out well. And so now I'm kind of like waiting to see just how well uh, that turns out. Of all the names on that list, the one that actually stood out the most to me was Russell Crowe. This is like the last person I would have expected to show up in a fucking list for an animated series for ARC 2. I can kind of see everyone else on this list. It's like the the internet's, a lot of like the internet's most favorite favorite people uh, are on this list. Like fucking Doctor Who and, and dude from like Firefly and uh, Vin Diesel, obviously. And 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 then you get Russell Crowe just does it just fucking seem like a random, <laughs> random pick. <laughs> but you know what? I love me some Russell Crowe, so that's okay. I'll, I'll take Russell Crowe anywhere, uh, anywhere I can get him. Uh, and the last thing on this list, and something that you might actually be interested in, because you played Dead Space, did you not? Oh, yeah. And you liked Dead Space, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so the Callisto Protocol had a trailer. You can, you, you might want to watch that one as well, uh, Mr. Black. Um, and it's made by the guy who made Dead Space. So the game itself is fucking Dead Space, bro. Like, you watch the trailer, it's more Dead Space. Uh, but it looks really good, and so if you liked Dead Space, and you were like, shit, I could go for some more of that in my life, because there hasn't been that many games in the horror genre to hit the same notes that Dead Space did, got great news! The man who brought you that game is bringing you another game. It's called the Callisto Protocol, and it looked pretty good. It looked interesting. I mean, from a from a horror game perspective, and it did very much reek of Dead Space, which is not a bad thing to reek of. Dead Space is a pretty much universally uh, acclaimed series. So if you're going to reek of something, that's a good one to reek of. And that's it. That was the Game Awards, Mr. Black. Nice. That was it. Oh, yeah. And now, for the last piece of news, some interesting shit. We talked about this before on the podcast as well. Nintendo, March 31st of 2021 is like D-Day where they're just nuking everything apparently from orbit uh, on Nintendo's platform on March 31st. So 
More, most specifically, we talked about how they were releasing several games in celebration of Mario's 35th anniversary. And those games were only to be available until March 31st, and then they were taking them off and no longer going to be available for purchase. Like some of the most generated FOMO fuckery. Uh, and something that I can't remember anyone else having ever done as a game developer. Ever. Uh, because why would you want to... You know, if your console is still selling really well and you're only halfway into the console's life cycle and you're putting out games that a lot of people want and then you put a, a deadline like six six months out uh, for, or less of when these things are no longer going to be purchasable, it seems like a bit of a weird move. Um, you know, it's like, you know, I think the thing I mentioned the first time we talked about this is, is that you're not Disney. You're not putting Cinderella back in the fucking vault. You know, this is these are collections of games that are that that a lot of people are going to want to buy and play. Uh, so Nintendo's Doug Bowser explains that the limited release. This was in an interview with Polygon. The limited release availability of games like Super Mario 3D All Stars, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and others are set to be removed for purchase on March 31st, 2021. And it comes down to them. All he would say is that it comes down to them being part of a celebration of. Mario's 35th anniversary and won't comment on anything that happens after March 31st. So they're just, they're, the, the narrative that they want people to, to, to have is that it's, they're, they're there specifically to celebrate Mario's 35th and that's the show. They're, they're there for that and they're, they don't, like, and the interviewer said, it's, it just seems weird to me that for people that buy a Switch in like, June are suddenly no longer going to be able to buy, buy these games uh, because you've taken them off the store, and that's when he just kind of kind of said, you know, I you know, can't comment on our strategies for some of these things beyond March 31st. But for now, it's just he's just sticking with it's about a celebration. What do you feel? I and mean, this is really the first time I've ever seen this. How do you feel from a strategy standpoint? Nintendo doing something like packaging these games up that people have been kind of wanting them to package up for a long time. And only selling them for this limited time, and then just taking them right off the right off the market. And mo- and I th- I don't think that these are available for physical purchase. I think these are all digital. So uh, you're you're they, when they take it down, I you know they take it down. I'm gonna be honest, bro. I don't care enough. Well, I know you personally like, don't I, care, but what do you think I, of it I, as a as a I, as a move? I mean, I don't. I'm indifferent about it. Like. Yeah, I mean, I don't want. Do I don't want to sound a... like I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't care about it at all. But I really don't like it. Just from a business move, so ignoring the gamer part of it, do you think that it's an, a wise business decision to 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 play it out like this um, for Nintendo? Do you think it's gonna? Do you think it's actually gonna result in them selling more because of FOMO or some shit? Which is gonna be what they're they're going for is FOMO. Yeah, but when you're selling. You know, his points later on, where I listed here, they're talking about how they have an 8.0 game attach rate to this console, which is massive. 8.0 is fucking huge. If Sony and Microsoft had an 8.0 attach rate, they'd be masturbating in public. They'd be so happy to have an 8.0 attach rate, meaning how many games per console. Uh, 8.0, that's huge. And then he talks about how for this year, they're 137% up on hardware sales year on year. Obviously, Rona has definitely spiked that, but he said that's trending with how it's been before. So they've got a lot of momentum. 
So they got all this new hardware momentum, and this, and he, and he references this huge hard uh, software attach rate, and then they have these massively popular games and collections they're putting out, and then they're just going to make it not available anymore after a, an arbitrary date. And and to me, from a business standpoint, other than just pure FOMO, which only works for those who have the console right now, and you're saying that, and he says that the console, they see it as only being halfway through its life cycle. I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't, like those two things, they seem competing to me from a business standpoint. So what do you, what do you think of it as a business standpoint? Oh, I mean, I, I, they know better than we do. So like, yeah, it's going to create a demand. It's going to make people have an urgency to go out and buy it. Um, if it is a good celebration and a good um, game or games, then word is going to spread and people are going to go out and buy it because they know they have to. And this is at March 31st. It's December. Well, some of these games aren't out yet. So some of them will only be out for like a relatively short period of time before. Yeah, but I mean... I don't I get, know. What, I get what you're I, saying. Like the new game, the games are out yeah, now. Yeah, like I like they're probably going to sell the vast majority of the copies of their games like within a certain window, and they know this. And then game sales are going to drop off, and so they might be hedging a bet that like, hey, if we put an urgency on it, we might actually sell more copies than what we would in the long run, and or in another year, two years, whatever, they might just randomly come out. And say, hey, guys, in case you missed... It's out of the vault. Yeah, in case you missed the 35th anniversary, we're going to make this available for two weeks, one month, whatever. So if you missed out, now's your chance to go pick it up before it gets locked away in the vault again. They're doing a Disney. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it's smart. Like, if people want to buy this game, they're going to go and buy this game. I mean, the vast majority of people that own Switches... I want a switch own a switch i mean if you're gonna buy it you're gonna buy it like the reality is like cyberpunk 2077 that shit comes out and if they're like guys you have to buy this by march 31st and then it's not available anymore i wouldn't really give a shit because it's either i'm gonna buy the game or i'm not gonna buy the game the odds of me buying the game past march 31st probably zero the hype is gone. That's whatever. If I'm going to buy it, I'm going to buy it. I mean, even if there's games that I that I want, I usually buy it on release or the same week, even if I never play it. It just sits there in my library and just goes to waste. I don't, I don't, like if I'm buying a game months after it comes out, I'm going to play it. But the if I'm going to buy the game the day it comes out, I may never get around to playing it. I think this. Is, I think. I think the the. I all that's true. Like the, the if if somebody owns a Switch right now, if they wanted to own those games, they're going to buy them before March thirty first. That's yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's more. It, it was more of a confusion for people that were like uh, for for the people that would be buying the console after that date. Like Nintendo's saying that they're five years into a ten year cycle. They're having more momentum with hardware sales than ever before. They have all this attach rate. And then, so the people that buy the console after March 31st that would have bought those games don't have the option anymore. And it just, it, it seems it's like, like who a cares, weird... Though? But like, who cares? Fuck them. Mm. They don't own a console. 
Why, why is Nintendo catering to people that don't own a console? They're telling you, get on board or get the fuck out. We don't, we're, we're catering to people that own our console. You want the game, do it. They're not worried about a what if in a year, three years down the road. Oh my God, the Switch is now seven years old. If only they could buy the 35th anniversary of fucking Mario celebration. Man, rats, we really missed out on them sales. They don't give a fuck. They're going to make all their money in the first by March 31st. They're going to make all of it and probably and some because they're creating a demand. So you so the people that didn't even want to buy this garbage, they're going to go, fuck, I better buy this garbage in case I want to play it at some point. And they'll just buy it and they may never even play the game. They just have it. You know, there's a ton of collectors out there that are just going to buy this shit and never even play it. Because they're forced to buy it. It's like it's the more I think about it, it's it's more and more genius. So I think I I, I agree, and I think I think that another piece to this is that if they are going to mention the the attach rate, right? All all of these games that they're mentioning, except for some custom content for a couple of them that are being tacked on, are bundles of pre-existing games. And so if they have a limited uh, a time where you can have a collection of these games for less money than if you were to buy those other games individually. And then they lock it back up in the vault, and now new people buy the console, and they hear about how good those games are. Well, if they want them, now they're going to have to buy each of those games individually yeah. and and go about it that way. And they know the attach rate's already high, so there's a high probability that they're going to buy those games anyway. Yep. The, only, and- the only unfortunate, the, the most unfortunate part is, I'm sure they'll make it available at some point any, anyway, the so the the plus the the Mario's so for the example just for this it is like the Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury so the Bowser's Fury part was a, an additional piece to that I don't know if they're going to make that available outside of this package like if you own the base game you can pay to have Bowser's Fury in the future um, or if it's just part of the 35th anniversary thing or not but again uh, you know I I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt their bottom line. It's just like a really interesting um, approach to something that it almost seems to me like they're fix like like they're trying to they're trying to like uh, fix a problem that doesn't really exist. Like if they left these games on the market indefinitely once they were out, I would hazard a guess they'd make just as much money <laughs> as they so. as they would I otherwise. I don't think so. I think they know what they're doing. I think they're creating a demand, and they're creating a demand that necessarily wasn't even there. Um, they're going to have other games that are going to come out in the vault. And when the shit gets locked up and they go and they know like, fuck, I've already missed out on super Mario world 3d plus Bowser's fury. And then they come out with like, you know, super Mario 64, you know, fucking 35th anniversary edition or some shit. And it's available for three months and people go shit. The last one's got locked up and I can't buy it anymore. I am not missing out on this one because it's going to get locked up. That's what they're doing. Mm. They're they're creating a a sub uh, market within games that they already like. It's like VHS back in the day. I got a bunch of VHS tapes in there, mm. and they're special edition ones like that are like uh, diamond certified or black diamond VHS that <laughs> Disney came out with, and and you could still go out and buy the originals elsewhere but they were very specific and they only ran them for so long and it created a demand. 
Mm. People are like, they went out and they bought the shit. And if they already own the game, like, think about this. There's tons of people that already own Super Mario 3D World already on their console. But they don't own the 30, they don't own the, the 35, the 35th anniversary edition. This gives them a reason to just go buy it. Why would you buy this if you already own the game? But if it's but if it's a special edition and one that is already uh and one that's only going to be out for so long, it creates a FOMO. I gotta have both editions now. I'll never own this again. I'm gonna love to see the NPD uh sales for these games because it's that point that you brought up there towards the end where um where where like you're making that comparison of the of the VHS stuff. Oftentimes you'll have like with that with that VH not the VHS necessarily because a little bit before, but if you're talking like Blu-rays and DVDs, the special features section, right? Oftentimes you'd have limited releases of movies that are already out that people already own on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever the fuck. And then they come out and it's like 4K, Ultra HD, uh, never before seen, behind the scenes, you know, uh, director commentary and, and fucking uh, Kim Kardashian's sex tape is tacked on the end, all for the low, low price of whatever the fuck. And then they just have a limited run. Uh, and, and like you said, people could already own that exact thing, but then buy the limited edition or maybe a steel book, you know, they like the artwork of the thing and they want to replace the stuff that they have already. And so they got fucking steel book editions and stuff. I will, I'm going to love to see the NPD sales for these because other than like the additive stuff of, of like the, the, the Bowser's Fury example, none of these are really remastered in any way. And so they're quite literally just the games that already exist there's no there's no added value other than to say i own the thing that when i download it it will have 35th anniversary in the title and that's it and there will be people like you said that will 100% buy it for that but yeah. because it's not even like a call like not even a remake but like a, let's call it like an hd remaster where they just at least make it fit your fucking screen properly and make it look a little bit better they didn't even go that far so they're just like re-releasing these uh these games pretty much as is so i'll be super interested in what the sales charts are for them i'm sure they're going to sell a lot uh but it will be very uh very intriguing to see just how much they sell speaking of selling jeff it's time to sell out are you ready to sell out let's sell out your video, your feed just went. I just poof. saw that in the bottom right. I actually don't uh, understand why that would happen. While you oh. sell out, I'm going to go see if I can solve that problem. Patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, throw money at the screen. If you guys want to support us um, other than directly with finances, then you can uh, hit the like button. You can subscribe, leave a comment in the comment section, leave a review on the different uh, podcast uh, places, RSS feeds. Uh, you can also support a sponsor like NordVPN and get 68% off when you use the promo code OTT, www.nordvpn.com slash OTT. Mm. And, uh, you get 68% off. You get four bonus months as a holiday special. You can use up to six simultaneous devices. We're talking your smart TV, your laptop, your your desktop, your your smartphone, anything and everything pretty much has an app for NordVPN. Fast servers, watch different regions of Netflix, watch region block content, stay safe and anonymous, whether you're at home or out at pi- uh, public Wi-Fi areas. And, um, you know, use a NordVPN that is trusted, that is safe, and uh, that is quick and super easy to set up. So go over there and check them out. 
Also, we got Elgato. Mm. If, if you don't already got a Stream Deck, well, you Elgato get one. Also, their Wave products, their microphones are officially back in stock. I just saw the tweet uh, yesterday. If they're not already sold out, definitely go check them out. Link is in the description below. Head on over to the website or check them out on eBay or not eBay, Amazon, and see if you can still pick up a microphone because those things sell in like McDonald's hotcakes. Mr. Black, I got a problem. All right. I got a problem. I need it solved. Look, Christmas season is just around the corner, and you just mentioned the Wave microphone, and it just it made me remember that I do need something else to help me out with this situation. All right. I'm not much of a singer. However, during the holidays, you just get wrapped up in singing, and you gotta you gotta sing along with the Christmas classics. And of all of all the Christmas years that we've had, this seems to be the one that we need to be, you know, the most involved to try and get our spirits lifted. And so I decided to put on uh, a, an incredible Christmas performance of me recreating the the majesty that was Mariah Carey's Christmas holiday special. Now, in order to do that, I can't just use a microphone. I need something else. I'm going to need to be lit up appropriately, perhaps even lit up like a Christmas tree. Furthermore, I'm going to need to make it look like I'm actually standing in that beautiful hall that's going to make me sound like an absolute angel to nobody but myself. But nevertheless, I'm going to need to look like I'm there. Is there any way that you can make me at least pretend to look sound and 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 be like the one and only mariah carey yeah that that i I would i would say i would say you could go ahead and grab yourself an elgato green screen Mm. what you're gonna want to do is you're gonna want to set that bad boy behind you you want to go ahead and grab some elgato key lighting all right or you can just get you know uh elgato's ring light just get some elgato lighting and a green screen Mm. Then you can go ahead and program different backgrounds through your stream deck. Now mm. you click a button. Next thing you know, it you're singing like it's like it's uh like you're 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 at the um, what is that the 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 great dinner or the feast or whatever for that Christmas. Thing. Yeah, you know the picture with Jesus there and the all Last this, Supper. The Last Supper. There it is. Mariah Carey singing at the Last Supper. Hey, you could do that. <laughs> you could, you could, you could do it right in uh, Bethlehem. You know, you could Mary, hey, Joseph, baby Jesus, Mariah Carey singing in the boom. background. Hey, I, I want to see that. <laughs> Some, somebody, somebody is gonna, somebody's gonna Photoshop that now. I want to see it. And you can you can do that. You can program all those different things via a stream deck and change the background by the click of a button. Mm. So definitely go check out. Elgato in the description and Elgato is got us for another year. Hey. We are signing for 2021. Now, guys, I got to go to NordVPN here in the next couple of weeks and give them a pitch. If you are ever on the fence to pick up the NordVPN with the promo code OTT, link in the description, 68% off. Now's the time to do it. Let's get this podcast sponsored for another year. It's that time. Mm. It's that time. Mm. Head on out there. Everyone needs a VPN for 2020, 2021. The world's getting crazy. It's worth it for the low, low price of less than a grande cinnamon dolce latte a month.
And you're not even getting that right now because you're stuck inside. Yeah. So, you know, divert that, that money elsewhere. Boom. That's it. Mr. Black, it's time for... Movies and TV. Uh, there was like an absolute uh, nuclear bomb of content drop for Disney Plus uh, that's coming. Stuff that's coming. Uh, and, and there's a lot more granularity to it than, than this. Uh, but the summary of it is that roughly or loosely... 10 Star Wars, 10 Marvel, and 15 Disney and or Pixar animated series will be coming to Disney Plus on a timeline that loosely seems to stretch out to 2023. That's a lot of series. And especially since we're calling it a series. We're not saying these are like one-off films. They've listed them as series. It's a lot of content. Uh, to be consumed. And just after both Jeff and I had discussed how we feel like, you know, Disney Plus is a platform right now, especially if you don't have a kid, you've pretty much already milked it, likely, for everything that you that you care about at this point. Uh, and fresh content is not often entering into that platform. But this is a lot of content, to be uh, to be certain. Uh, the top one that I had to pick out, and I'm sure you might have a couple of uh, gems yourself, but the top one that I picked out was that Hayden Christensen is returning to play Darth Vader, joining Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi, set 10 years after the Revenge of the Sith. That Of all of the properties that, that, that you know could have been there, that's the one that I'm probably most interested in of all of them is the Obi-Wan uh, show. And uh, now they got Hayden back on board. You know what? Hayden's not the worst actor in the world. I want to see what, uh, I want to see what 2021 slash 22 slash 23 Hayden Christensen in, in a Darth Vader role is like. I want to see. Mm. I want to know what it's like. What about you? Did, did any of the, any of the, uh, of, of the uh, things, says, were they standouts? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm start, I'm star Wars out. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, I, I'm not excited about the star Wars news. Mm. It's gonna, I haven't even watched Mandalorian season two. Are yet. you marveled out? Um, I've had a nice break from Marvel. So like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to, to see what they do next. Mm. Um, the Spider-Man stuff looks very intriguing. They, um, um, the Loki show looks pretty awesome. Um, I'm intrigued about the uh, the uh, the vision and um, WandaVision. WandaVision. Uh, it looks different. Um, there's some interesting looking content out, out there. I think the worst thing that that the thing that looked the worst for Marvel was the um, the Winter Soldier and um, uh, what's his face? Black dude. Oh, Hawk, whatever the fuck. No, Falcon? not Hawkeye. Falcon? Uh, Falcon? Falcon. Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. It was I think a bird that of looks, some kind. <laughs> I honestly think that looks the worst. Um, Which is unfortunate because of all the Marvel movies, that was one of the best ones was Winter Soldier. Yeah, but this isn't Captain America, so this is like, you know, this little series on the side. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I and and it, it feels the most like... Um, like a more of a serious type Marvel movie or, or show, but I just don't, I'm not feeling the chemistry 
between mm. the two actors. It just feels very. So, who, so it's the guy who plays. I'm Winter just assuming Soldier. it's the guy who plays. Bucky. In, yeah, Bucky. Yeah. And and then, oh, so it and is the Falcon. guy who plays Bucky. Okay, so it's those yeah. two. Those are the two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This happens after yeah, I could see know, that. Captain they, America. They seem like know. they wouldn't necessarily have the best on-screen chemistry, but. It didn't look appealing. Like, um, mm. I don't know. Like, if you go watch the trailer, it's just yeah. like, eh, some of the jokes are falling flat. It just doesn't. I was going to say, does it seem like writing more than it does their ability to, to have chemistry or? I don't think it's the writing, man. I just I just don't think these guys have great, great chemistry. But it's mm. a show, so at least it's not a movie. So you never yeah. know. It might actually be good. But that was the, the least interesting thing for me. A lot of the other stuff looks kind of cool. Um, I do like the um, the animated looking thing and i'm not much for an animated guy but they have the uh the what if show where it's basically um what if so like for example like what if um captain america wasn't you know regular captain america and it's like you know captain britain or captain uk <laughs> or then there's like you know um you know like a different version of of spider-man or maybe like iron man is like kind of like another character and stuff like it's completely what if iron man was dirt broke yeah like it it takes like it takes like a completely different perspective on everything that you think you know mm. um which which looks really intriguing and cool and the animation looks uh looks awesome so that looked cool um but yeah other than that i'm actually looking forward to um watching um uh, uh what's her face there uh wonder woman which is coming out in like that's next gotten week. really good reviews so far apparently yeah certified you know what? fresh whatever I, that means anymore it's been it's been a it's been a while since i've gotten excited about a movie like i mm. i i like need this experience like i need a like a blockbuster theatrical experience like obviously i'm not going to go to the theater and watch it yeah. watch it here at home and rent it but um or i guess get hbo and stream it for free um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm ready for it. I'm, I, I'm ready for it. And now that movies are starting to pick back up and production's happening and we're getting more dates, I'm starting to realize how much I miss movies and, and I'm looking forward to, to consuming content again. Mm. Speaking of. Uh, you know, the, the industry, you know, starting to wind up again in, 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 in you know in, in little pockets tom cruise in his little pocket for his movie uh the next mission impossible uh had a recording of him absolutely laying into members of the team the crew uh for not following the covid guidelines on set and i mean he fucking lay and rightfully so i'm I, i'm look I might think Tom Cruise is baddie because he is baddie. He's in a hell. He's a hell of an actor. He's baddie. But this was a hundred percent the exact response that he needed to give or reaction to members of the set not behaving as they should with COVID guidelines. We're talking about an industry that's basically just hanging by a thread, not in terms of. And he even draws attention to it in his in his rant. I'm sure you've listened to it, uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Black. So. And if you want to listen to it at home, maybe if you haven't already heard it, it's everywhere. It trended on Twitter for fucking a while, too. Um, where he points out that it's not about him. He's going to be fine. The actors are going to be fine. The big guys are going to be fine. But it's like the thousands of other people involved in the movie-making process that aren't at that level 
that need this kind of stuff to be able to go forward and happen to have their job and to be able to put food on the, on the table at home. And, um, you know, the, the, the tons of people that help make the movies happen that aren't just the big wigs. Right. And, um, so, I mean, he, yeah, he fucking like laid, he laid in into them hard and rightfully and rightfully so, but nevertheless, uh, I don't know if it resulted there and we, and we won't know, I guess if it resulted in more cases or will result in any cases within the crew, uh, thus far to my knowledge anyway, but, uh, apparently according to Zethra's here in chat, five of the crew members have already quit the team as a result of, uh, Tom Cruise's, uh, little escapade there. Um, I don't feel sorry for them. I mean, no. if these guys are out here breaking, breaking protocol and putting everybody at jeopardy, fuck them. Chances are he, they probably got fired and, and <laughs> was just told, you know, maybe you should quit. Oh, he just, outright, yeah, he just outright said, he said, if you, if you, if you know, if any of you do this again, you're done. And now, when no. he says you're done, I don't think Tom Cruise means you're not working on this movie anymore. No, I your career's Tom, done. Bro. I think I'm Tom Cruise fucking, says I'm going to end your, <laughs> your career. Yeah, you'll, done. I'll make sure you don't work in Hollywood again. Yeah, I think that's what Tom Cruise means when he says that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, good job, Tom Cruise. Keep him in line. You know, crack the whip and all that. Uh, because it is, it's true. You know, there are very few productions moving forward right now. And the only reason they can move forward in, in any real appreciable way is because protocols are being followed to make that work to the best. And even with protocols, productions have been halted from cases outbreaking. Like, you can only do so much. So to, if, you're, if you're breaking protocol, you're just making it even worse yep. uh, and even higher risk of that stuff happening. So, um, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's kind of... That's kind of that. So yeah, that's all I had for there. Did, did, did anything else happen? Uh, no, that was like the spicy stuff, the Tom Cruise thing. And then of course, like the whole Marvel, uh, Star Wars, uh, um, you know, layout. So I think you pretty right. much nailed all of the big, the bigger stuff. Um, did you guys get a chance to watch the last episode yet? We did. We, ah! we finished, yeah, we, fl- we finished, uh, Bly. Okay. Well, um, thoughts on Bly then? Um, Kayla liked it more than I did. Okay. And if I had to give it out of 10, I would say for me, it w- it's pushing a seven. Okay. So like. So what parts, if we started at 10 and worked our way back from 10, what were the things that knocked off points to bring it down? To well, a- it wasn't, it wasn't scary. Hmm. Um, it was like the first, the first season or like the first series, I guess. Yeah. Um, was definitely like more scary in terms mm. of like not only like psychologically scarier but like just jump scarier and and um atmospherically scarier mm. uh which you know if i'm if i'm gonna watch the haunting of something i want there to be a horror element now i'm not saying there wasn't any like no horror element to the show because there definitely was but like the horror elements of the show it's like they had a couple of moments that were like kind of jump scary or like in your face. And then that was the only thing that they, they did over and over and over again. They didn't really push the boundaries um, or, or, or there wasn't like, it was like once you experienced that scary thing, you became desensitized because they used the same trope almost all the time. time. Um, I thought the acting was superb. Mm. Um, 
So I, I have no gripes there. And it was just hard for me to get into the story fully. And that might have been a little bit because we didn't really binge it like we did the last time where it was like a constant, you know, finish it in like three days. Like this took us like six weeks. Like we'd watch two episodes a week type thing, maybe three. Um, So, you know, there was a little bit of that, like a little bit of a disconnect. But even still, like it was almost a it was almost a bit of a chore to start watching it towards the end um, because I, w- I was just like, fuck it's, it got to the point where there was a couple of nights where like, do we want to watch this? Like, ah, uh, you know, when you, when you start saying that and you're like seven episodes in, it's kind of a problem. Mm. Um, I just wasn't as connected to the story. I, I think the, I think the show tried to be a little bit too clever for its own good. And I think they, 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 I think they missed the mark. I think if there's a lot of people that watch the show, it, it isn't as easy to follow. Um, and it does start to come together for sure. I mean, the last two episodes definitely pay off from, from where they were. Well, all Um, the payoffs are in the last two. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm not saying that I didn't get us like a satisfying conclusion. Mm. It's just like, I'm not like, if I knew that was going to be the experience, I probably wouldn't have watched the show just because like, I don't know. It was, it wasn't a bad show. I probably will give it a seven. Like, I think anything under that is a little too harsh yeah but um i just the first season was just or this first series was just so much better Mm. it was like it was it was the writing was clever clever the acting was about the same i might actually think the acting in this one was better than the first season um but i mean it was scarier the first one it was more intriguing the ghosts and stuff were 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 more intriguing they had a creepier element to them um I was just more invested in the story and it wasn't as hard to follow. The first one wasn't as hard to follow. Like, and it's it still, you still kind of had to use your brain, but you didn't have to like, like there were episodes where I'd finished when Bly, I was like, Kayla and I was like, what did I just watch? Like, what just happened there? Like, who's like, what's going on here? Uh, and then eventually you figure it out. Like they, it, you get there, but it was, yeah, I don't know. I didn't like it as much as you did, but I also like, didn't hate it. Kayla liked it more than me. So, I, yeah, you know, Kay- Kayla might might tell you she like an eight and a half or a nine. I don't know. But I, I would give it probably between a seven and an eight just as a rating. I don't remember if I gave it a rating before, but that's what I would probably give it is between a seven and an eight. Yeah, that's uh, worthy. Yeah. And 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 if the if the first season was approaching 10, because it was, I mean, yeah, that one's between nine and a 10, the first series. Uh, this is between a seven and eight and most of it is for what you, uh, I would agree with most of the points that you brought up. It was, um, it was less easy to follow, but at the same time, it, a lot of the beats were relatively easy to guess. Yeah. It was just waiting to see if you were right at that point. And, yeah. and oftentimes you would, if you, you, were you had, right. if you yeah. had any, if you were, if you had any of your wits about you at any point in time. Most of the things that were like that were set up to be payoffs at the end were less about payoffs and more about confirmation of your of your assumptions at yeah. that point. And I think the part that I didn't like, the part that I was really disappointed was, and I'm gonna try and it's not really a spoiler per se. Yeah, but uh, can you really spoil just, at this point? Like we can say, you know, at this point, if you're listening to the podcast, spoiler alert. You might yeah, have a couple. Yeah, I, I guess we'll say, I'll say, but I'm not going to like go into detail, but I yeah. will say like the main character. Yeah. She, she had a traumatic experience with somebody. Yeah. And, and 
I was really intrigued by what that was until I found out what happened and I was fine with that. And then there came a point where it just, it just went away. Well, it was funny it was because like, it seemed like that was going to be a, um, a, like a keystone of the series. Yes. yes. And it and was it played up to be a keystone. It was no payoff. And then, and then it was, you discovered the reasoning and then it, that was, it just stopped. That was it. And that, that was, was and you know what made, you know, uh, what, what disappointed me about that. And I agree with that is that there were other things that she was seeing, uh, at the same time that if they had kept that thing going longer, it would have added a bit more uh, confusion is the wrong word because it wouldn't be confusing for the, the viewer, but for her, it's a, you know, we're trying to separate reality from because that was the whole crux of that of that character was what's real and what's and what's not real at that point and that would have been helpful if they had kept that going a little longer than they did and 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 I don't think I don't know if it was intentional but they really really did seem like a keystone but it wasn't at all a keystone no. like at all no. to the in fact that was the thing an issue in general in, in general is that there were a lot of things that they set up as keystones that had that weren't keystones at all and in the last episode and a half, not even the first full last two episodes, the last episode and a half, it's like they just dumped everything on you at once. Yeah. It's not that they did it poorly in that in that it didn't feel like necessarily rushed, but it did make you feel like, uh, or made me feel like anyway, that most of the series didn't even need to didn't happen. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. Like they and could like, have skipped everything and did yeah. like three episodes, and that whole and show that would have stayed it. the same. Exactly. And I and and her her situation that she had going on and the thing that she was seeing, I almost felt like it was. It I almost felt like they just added that in, and just so that there would be some kind of scares and some kind of mystery until you got to the bigger arcing story. And like the first four or five episodes, you dealt with this with her along with like some other smaller things. But really, that was the main focus until other things were the main focus. And then that just went away and it added nothing to the story. Like, like it was just I don't know. Uh, it didn't even really add that much to her character. Yeah. Like in terms of like her character interaction with the show, because when that went away, I felt like she wasn't even the main character anymore. No. Like, no. and, and nobody, but also at the same time, nobody really took up the mantle of being like kind of a, a front and, and center. And so, yeah, it was, there was, it was awkward, a little awkward yeah. delivery. I do agree. I think the acting was better in this than the first series. Um, overall, I think everyone did a phenomenal job. The kids were great. I, I'm, um, you know, I, I, and there I, were, there were some Easter eggs, not as much in the first, uh, as the first season, but there was some Easter eggy type stuff that you could, that you could, uh, pick up on. And they did try and leave breadcrumb trails for you uh, that, you know, um, certainly were some of them were more successful than others. Some of them were a little bit too obvious. I would have liked them to, like, pull back on that, um, uh, pull back on them a little bit. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't like it harmed anything. Uh, and then, again, from a horror perspective, like you said, wasn't very much. It no. was it was more of a – it was less horror, more thriller. and yes. mystery. Um, like a mystery, mystery. – it yeah, was like mystery a, thriller yeah. than it was like thriller horror, which would have been more like the first series, uh, which is fine. It's just maybe not what people would have likely expected after the first series. Yeah. I didn't hate it. 
I didn't love it. Um, I, I, I wouldn't run out there and recommend people to go and watch it unless you, you know, you, you're really into, if the you genre prefer more and, mystery than horror, then it might actually play yeah, better for might, you. You might actually than, like it more than but, that. But if you were looking for more horror, then yeah, that's yeah. going to be, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't even like in the first one, it had style and mm. character. And this one just felt like your run of the mill. Like I like the first one is just like the long shots, the, the, the long dialogues and, and, and just, you were in awe by just the way it was filmed and, and the, the, the care and stuff. This just felt like, let's get another one of these series out. And it's just not going to be as you know good what, as the first. You know what it was? It was a less aggressively bad second, you know, like a follow-up as we got with something like True Detective. It yeah. was like the first one was so fucking good that when yeah. the second one came along and it was what it was, you know, this is not that necessarily. The second season of True Detective is absolutely it's really garbage. Bad. It's it's really bad. But yeah. it's a similar concept where it's like the first one is so good and there was likely less time constraints. There was likely more creative ability uh, to put that kind of effort in, et cetera, et cetera, that this one would have been just a little bit more constrained and you get that kind of a, of a reaction. All the same, seven or eight for me. I can yeah. recommend it more if you were into mystery than you are horror. And uh, the payoffs are still good and satisfying uh, for the most part. And I look forward to whatever their next project is. You know, I'm, I'm there for it. I like the actors. I think they're all wonderful. Uh, the main, the core actors that they have, I think it looks like they're going in the direction of something like American Horror Story, where they have a, yeah. a, a farm of of actors that kind of like are all used for all of their their products, and uh, and I look forward to whatever the uh, the next part is. And so that's it. Moving on, it is now time for tech support. <laughs> <laughs> uh, patreon.com slash lag tv uh, each and every week ten dollars and higher yeah you get some some goodies but right now the majority of that uh, of the goodies is you get to ask us questions on a post i put up every week called tech support on the patreon page and then we answer as many of those as we can and now i'm just waiting for it to load there we go that was took a little while um, let's see. Got friggin' juice on my phone from the orange. Uh, hmm. Oh my goodness. Some of these questions are... This is the first one where I actually have to read multiple questions to find one that's... Uh, uh, oh boy, on. it's one of those weeks. It's been, we haven't had one of these in a long time. Um, oh boy. Nick Winters asks, what's the latest you've ever left your Christmas tree up? Um, New Year's. Mm. I would say like f- from what I can remember, I, w- I would say like by January 1st, our shit is done. And there's been years where like our shit is packed up like December 28th. 
Like essentially when we take the Christmas gifts, like we'll display them for a while under the tree and yeah, like yeah. kind of soak that up for a few days. Once the gifts are gone, like we start packing it in. We'll leave the decorations in up for a little bit, like the lights on the outside and little, you know, but the tree and shit, it just goes. And it's mainly because like we got pets and we move furniture and stuff to get it in a spot. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, and we're just not really festive people. I mean, it's probably going to change now that we have Kai around and he's yeah, at that age course, where he's yeah. going to be, he's going to get out and he's gonna be like, Oh, he's going to, he's going to go crazy when he, when he wakes up. Uh, so I think we're going to enjoy Christmas a little bit more and maybe, maybe our regular traditions will change a bit because of him. And, Normally do when you have a kid. Yeah, yeah. And I welcome that. But uh when it was just kale and i really we we it'd be up for maybe maybe till new year at most usually a week after uh yeah the longest i had my tree up was like the second week of january it was like the 14th or 15th of january and uh that was more about just i didn't want to go through the fucking pain and suffering of taking all the ornaments off the shit and 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 putting it away i just looked at it and i was like you know what no not today and i did that (laughs) until halfway january um and when i did that so at that point the tree was so dead and so dry i mean it was like a fire it was a fucking fire hazard but so dead and so dry that when i took all the ornaments and stuff off and i started taking the light stringer off Mm. The tree, like, you know, it gets, like, rigor mortis, where it's just fucking, like, nothing bends anymore, and it's just all, like, rock fucking hard, and it grips onto everything, like, the, with the death grip. And take it off, every fucking needle of that tree was just coming down onto the floor. And by the time I had taken all the shit off of it, I dragged the tree out the back deck, you know, through the sliding door, where, like, it beats off even more needles. There was, like, four fucking needles left on that actual tree, and the rest of them were all in the house... And, like, all over the floor, and I, I spent, like, the entire afternoon vacuuming and sweeping up uh, friggin' pine needles. But, yeah, that, that was probably the longest I, I ever did was um, uh, was about halfway January. Um, fresh to death Batman-related uh, Christmas question there. Did you guys grow up believing in Santa Claus? Jeff, will, uh, will Kai, and will any of the Nova lieutenants? My was soon to be... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I grew up believing in Santa when I was younger. I, I, pro- I think I had held on to that until I was like eight or nine, uh, at which point it dawned on me, and then I, it just kind of like went, and I never thought anything of it ever, you know, after that. It, it, it was eight or nine because I recognized Mum's handwriting on all the fucking tags. It took me until that age to know what Mum's handwriting looked like, and so even though she tried to like, you know spice it up with her handwriting because mom's got really nice handwriting but she'd like you know uh, this when she wrote santa or some shit it was like very fancy and, and whatever the fuck like i recognized mom's handwriting and that's that's the boat about eight or nine i think somewhere in there was when i recognized it um and then ten nine or ten eight or nine and then nine or ten was when i no well, probably nine was when i woke up in the night and mom and dad were putting presence under the tree and it was like a miracle like because i mean their bedroom was always right across the halls it's a miracle it took me until nine to wake up when they were putting presents out but uh but yeah that was that was that was like the nail in the coffin um but uh all the same what about you i mean yeah i believed in santa um kai will 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 do the same thing you know santa claus is coming and because you know 
it there's that magic part you know the the imagination and the the excitement and and you know all that stuff that i personally wouldn't want to deprive my son of experiencing even if it is only for you know the first seven eight years of his life like that's it's not you know it's literal magic for kids like the like kids as there's nothing wrong with that that's that's good you want them to have you don't get that as an adult so like fuck that shit put you know have it when you're a kid yeah and you know i believed up until somebody at school told me he wasn't real and then i just went home and asked my dad and he was like yeah he's not he just just flat out told me um he wasn't he's you know he wasn't gonna lie to me Uh, i was old enough at that point that like kids start talking yeah, at school yeah. and things like that I was probably around the same age between you know nine ten yeah eight nine ten I don't I don't really so long ago but um yeah and I'll do the same thing for my son like if he comes and he asks me and if I feel like he's at that age then I'll tell him um I'll say like hey you know mom and dad are Santa you know and but don't ruin it for all the other kids you know that's what my dad told me too is like hey I'll tell you but like I don't want you going to school and and saying it to all the other kids and stuff um which i didn't and uh yeah there's nothing wrong with believing in something um yeah i think it's i think it's a good thing for a kid uh it's fun i remember being a kid and pumped for santa and going to bed and being a good boy for like leading up to christmas and you know it's of course it's cool and it gives you an excuse as a parent you know for a long time it's like you gotta be good for santa Yep, Santa's watching. Santa's watching. You don't want to be on the naughty list. That's right. Uh, more Christmas questions. Well, Luz Caboose asks, when's the earliest Christmas music should start? Uh, December 1st. That's it's my rule. It's, my, it's National Neil Diamond Day. December 1st is when I put on that album. That's the earliest it should start. Any earlier than December 1st is just crazy. Yeah. At least let it be December 1st, for God's sake. Um... Xenon Slayer, what is the TV show that you thought would be complete trash but loved it after everyone bugged you enough about it? Uh, Lost. Oh, you got you got deep into Lost. I loved it. Um, and I, I am praying to the gods that we get a new version of Lost um, at some point. Like, I don't want to remake. I just want, like, a new re- reimagined uh, of Lost in a different scenario on, like, Netflix or mm. HBO or wherever. I'd be all on it. Uh, man. I don't often watch something just because like a bunch of people are telling me to watch it. So it's kind of hard to, uh, to, to say, I think the only one that, 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 that ever happened was, um, um, Breaking Bad. And it was like the one show that so many people told me to watch. And I was like, I just, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be that into it. And people were just, you got to watch Breaking Bad. You got to watch Breaking Bad. I don't think I came with the other side of loving it, you know, in terms of like the question asking specifically that. But I didn't, I thought it was a pretty good show. I just thought it was a very depressing show. And not in a way that I was like, you know, some shows are like very real or whatever. And you, and you can appreciate it. That show was just depressing for me. Like, especially the first few seasons. It was just like, I was watching it and I was just like, this is like torturing myself emotionally. Why am I watching this fucking show? This is like just, just super depressing. Um, 
but uh, you know, obviously very well done show. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd say I loved it on the other side, but I thought it was good after uh, enough people bugged me. And it was years after that show came out. I, I was long after everyone had been done talking about it, and I ended up, uh, I ended up finally watching it. Uh, last question comes in from Dapbeard. If you could cyberpunk yourself and get one body part, uh, the second part of this question, Dapbeard, we've already answered in the past, so we'll just keep it at that. So if you could cyberpunk yourself and get one body part, uh, or ability, kind of cyberpunk ability, um, what would that be? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the abilities are in cyberpunk. Well, it's more or less like, you know, cybernetic shit. Like you're getting like super strong arms or fucking like super fast legs or like better vision. I'm going to go with robotic wings. Oh, fancy. Yeah. You know, fly with some robot wings. In in the world of cyberpunk, it probably wouldn't end up being wings. It'd end up being like some form of like fucking, I don't know, VTOL or or jetpack thing of some kind. Um, Man, I'm going to go with... Hmm. I really like the concept in Cyberpunk about about the eyes, where you you can your your everything's augmented, um, and then on top of that, you're getting like automatic translations of everything as well, uh, which we're already on our way to having. Yeah. But that's super useful, and it's not just visually. So it's not just you're looking at a sign in a foreign language in it, and it unscrambles it for you, and you know makes it your language, which we can already do. But it's it's like universal translator type shit where you're listening to somebody talking another language and it's telling you in your your language what it is not not vocally but you're reading you get like it's like having subtitles to real life, mm-hmm. um, you know that kind of thing is 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 uh, is interesting. Otherwise, other than that, uh, just because I'm tired of my back being fucked all the time, give me a give me an, a a pain free back. You know I don't need to lift up a truck or anything. Just just. Rip my spine out, replace it with, some, <laughs> with another one. Uh, that would be where I'd go with uh, with with that. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. This is actually one of the more reasonable length podcasts we've had. I weeks. like it. it was we, flowing good. We we had we had, we've had over three hour podcasts for so long now that two hours and ten minutes seems short, but it's it's, it's a good time. Uh, next week is Christmas Eve, uh, and the week after that is New Year's Eve. So, um, the podcasts fall on odd times. We will let you guys know on social media closer to those dates, whether or not podcasts will happen. I don't yet know, for example, exactly what my schedule with M and her work is. She is a nurse. She is, we already know she's working Christmas day, for example, but, uh, I don't know exactly her schedule on the other days and that will also play into it. And then whatever we can cobble together for family related shit for Christmas is going to be around that. So, uh, keep your eyes out on social media, whether that's technical alphas, Twitter, the Patreon page, uh, my discord, my Twitter accounts, whatever that kind of the usual channels that you would see that stuff. We'll let you guys know as much as we can. Uh, but otherwise, uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you when we see you next. We won't say, for sure for sure when that when that is but yeah that's it for this week guys thank you so much for stopping by once again uh patreon.com slash like tv youtube.com slash life's a glitch tv to get yourself in on uh on that bell icon to get in for likes and comments to help us out in uh in the fight against the algorithm 
Uh, and just as a side note, if you made it all the way to the end here, you're one of our most engaged viewers. Mm. So bless you for getting all bless. the way to the end of this. And also, uh, in that regard, if you do leave a comment and you're one of those engaged viewers, you're more likely to write something actually about the podcast. That helps more than just making a meme about the algorithm. So if you do that, even better. That's the next step up. Otherwise, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't see you next week, just before Christmas, on Christmas Eve, you have yourself a fucking phenomenal holiday season yes. of whatever it is that you celebrate. Uh, and if we see you next week, we'll see you with bells on. And if not, then fucking stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Enjoy whatever friend and family time you might be able to pull off. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks again, guys. Peace. Peace.